Carolina Vikings football is two days away as the team in purple travels down south to the nation's capital to face the Washington Commanders on Sunday. Welcome to the Minnesota Vikings podcast. My name is Gabe Henderson. I'm alongside Vikings.com's Tatum Everett and producer Eric Davidson. And helping us break down Sunday's game on today's show is John Kine from ESPN, a, a man with uh, valuable knowledge who has covered the burgundy and gold uh, for nearly a decade. I've had the opportunity to work with him for a couple of years and uh, have always been a huge fan of his work. Uh, but before we get to him, Tatum, uh, there are a bunch of storylines heading into Sunday's matchup, Sunday's boom at noon in Landover, Maryland. And um, I mean, the obvious ones, Kevin O'Connell, Kirk Cousins, Christian Derisaw, all returning to their stomping grounds. But I, I got to ask you, which storyline stands out to you the most heading into Sunday? You know, I love the Kirk Cousins storyline, but I, I do think as we kind of touch on with John a little bit later in the show, it is a little bit of a one-sided thing, and I don't think there's any animosity left. It's been a while. It's not like it's going to be Patrick Peterson <laughs> two years removed from the Cardinals who's feeling like, you know, this is this is, you know, my time to to let them know how I feel. What if that does happen though? I do not expect that to happen. <laughs> you know, I did ask Kirk that this week in our game day live interview, and not shocking, that was not his answer. Uh he did say he did say a lot about how, you know, those guys like Jordan and Patrick, Jordan Hicks and Patrick Peterson, they play positions where that juice is really vital to what they do. So when you bring that type of energy to your position, you know, on the defense, technically, that goes a long way. Whereas as a quarterback, the CEO, as Kirk said of the team, he likes to keep a really steady demeanor. And so I think like for him, I think we see cool, calm, collected Kirk like we always do. That would be great to see because we're going to need it on Sunday. I, honestly, I would like to see a fired up Kirk. Uh, let me let I me let me after take that the back. game. Maybe after the I mean, game. I want to hear like uh, after every, you know, first down, you like that, like him look over to Ron Rivera and say, well, I guess Ron Rivera isn't his problem. But like look over to, you know, the sideline and say, you like that? But I know Kirk isn't petty like that, right? Well, like it's Kirk, just been so long and it's worked out right. really well for him this way, right? When right. you say, I think he, he ended up on the better side of the deal. And his team is 6-1. and one. And the fact that his team is, you know, second in the, the NFC as far as record-wise going into Sunday's game, I think this makes for an interesting matchup. But I think the, the big storyline for me heading into it is seeing how Kirk and this offense will implement TJ Hawkinson into the mix. Uh, I was at practice on Wednesday and Thursday, and uh, the practice on Wednesday really stood out to me because Brian Angelico, Vikings tight ends coach, had a paper in his hand along with TJ Hawkinson, and they were just like reading out the plays together, and then TJ Hawkinson was going through his step with the plays. It was basically, I'm going to just give up a play of like, you know, 1A, and then TJ would step right, and it's like, good job. 1B, steps left, two steps. Those little minuscule details, I think, is going to pay dividends when it comes to how much he plays on Sunday. We know he's a three-down tight end, uh, can pass, catch, can block, can do everything you need. But how quickly can he learn this playbook? I I'm not sure. I think uh, Kevin O'Connell said earlier this week is the quicker he learns the playbook, the more plays he gets. But we'll, we'll see how that fares against this Washington commander's defense. That's really good. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. It'll be what he can make of it in this first week. You look at a guy like Christian McCaffrey and a guy that you want an immediate impact from. And that first week was fine. You know, he got his legs underneath him. But then, wow, the second week. So a lot can change with a little bit of extra time. And I wouldn't foresee him making a huge splash or anything yeah. because I do think there is a learning curve there. 
But this is a guy that can make this offense even more dynamic. And if you're not getting anything from him against the commanders, like why not unleash him against the Bills? The Bills have not really seen him on tape in this offense. I have a feeling Kevin O'Connell might be going into that bag of tricks and maybe pulling out a couple of things the Bills haven't seen because now you have this guy who really didn't pop or have much going on in the commanders game. Yeah, Could be I, a secret weapon. And I, and I love that as a secret weapon. <laughs> and the fact that uh, TJ Hawkinson basically has played the entire NFC East already this year, I think that helps a ton also. He's already faced the commanders. They lost to him when he was in uh, Detroit. But that defense, that uh, experience, I think that helps. But I, I'm not a coach here. But I would say why not let him get some reps early on, see For how sure. he fares. And then, you know, if it doesn't go as planned, you know, continue to work with him in practice next week because we know this is going to be a, a – I wouldn't say a trap game, but it's it's the game in between the game that everyone's looking forward to uh, with the Buffalo Bills. So I think this is going to be a great opportunity for TJ Hawkinson and the six and one Minnesota Vikings team heading down to D.C. to face the four and four Washington commanders. All right. Moving on to our next segment of the show, Tatum, um, one big talking point. Um, this is the, the time in the show where we discuss one big thing that really I wouldn't say concerns us, but that's on our mind heading into Sunday's matchup. What, what's your one big thing? You know, uh, I think before I get to my actual one big thing, at 1A, Okay. Um, I have a 1B. Okay. I am a little concerned about the uh, Washington run game against us. I don't think they really have popped this season, but I do think that uh, with Dalvin Tomlinson, a potential out for this game, the first time that he's ever missed a game due to injury in the NFL, which is just insane. I think that could be a big factor in this. You're going to see a lot of double teams on Harrison Phillips, and you're hoping that the guys behind him, like a James Lynch, can stand up um, or step up rather and be able to you know, make things good. But I think you you can't not talk about the Taylor Heineke effect yeah. either. Before you get there, I think Jonathan Bullard, him being back would be a huge help. Uh, he didn't play last week, but him being back will definitely help our run defense. But that's a really good point. Yeah, no, totally, totally right. You need, you need those people to step up in there when you have injuries and when you suffer them. And for the most part, this team's been rather healthy. But uh, gotta gotta step up and do that, right? So uh, yeah, but my one my one A would be just the Taylor Heineke effect. I mean, clearly the kid has got something that just makes this team feel like they believe in themselves. And the difference in play between Antonio Gibson and Terry McLaurin when Taylor Heineke is in there is very noticeable, and they just kind of jump off the page. Uh, they're a team that with him mirrors the Vikings in a way because both teams I feel like recently respond to the adversity and it's because of the belief they have in themselves. They can win close games. Yeah, they can win close games and that's all that matters in the NFL is winning when you need them in the fourth quarter. He's made a couple of big plays and um, I was reading that um, he has a fan poll right now that um, he has fans custom made custom I guess voting on a pair of his custom made Jordans in the team colors that he beats I don't know I'm not sure if that makes oh, sense oh I don't know it doesn't but that's okay sounds cool so he beat the the Colts last week so he gets like blue so and he, white Jordans yeah so he he has fans vote on three pair of blue and white Jordans that he has to buy so if he beats the Vikings which I'm hoping he doesn't and I don't think he will fans get to vote on a pair of purple and gold Jays. This sounds like a, an excuse that maybe his wife or significant <laughs> other does not approve of because then his shoe collection might get too large. Right. Well, we can keep him off the field with our Minnesota moving company. And that's my one big talking point is how will we fare against this Washington defense that's only given up 100 yards on the ground once? Um, they've only given up four touchdowns, four rushing touchdowns all year, which, which is third best in the NFL. And I, I think if we're going to be able to have success, we're going to have to be able to run the ball effectively because if we do that, 
the shots will be there over the top. Uh, I don't think their cornerbacks are, are that great. They lead the NFL in, in defensive pass interferences. So Justin Jefferson, if he gets opportunity and Kirk gets time in the pocket, that will open up shots down the field. But Wow, wouldn't you like to see another bomb touchdown <sighs> or just like another big play? It was funny when we were talking to Brian O'Neill and Christian Darris on the Audible. Yeah. How they said, could we just get like a <laughs> like it's a twelve it's a twelve play drive and we're tired. Like can just we just get one. like a bomb? Can we just get someone to just air it out, please? And I'd like to see it. And it's rare you get offensive linemen to talk like that. Because they want to <laughs> run the ball. It's like, dude, we just we just want to take some shots down the field. Well, but. they can talk like that when they're so good at pass protection. <laughs> yeah. You know? Darisol's not giving up a sack all year. <laughs> Brian O'Neill, I believe, is only giving up one. They, yeah. They've got their work cut out for them with this Washington Commander's defense. Yes, but they um, do. We'll see how that fares out. And it'll be good to hear from uh, John Kine from ESPN, who has covered this Washington Commander's team for nearly a decade. He interviewed Jay Gruden, which is a shocker to me because Jay Gruden never talks to the media. And uh, Jay Gruden um, previewed Terry McLaurin, Kirk Cousins. He had the opportunity to coach both of those guys. So uh, this will be an interesting set of events this upcoming weekend to see which storyline kind of outweighs the, the, the other. Yeah, no one has been busier than John Keim uh, <laughs> yesterday. You know, they thought the tra- trade deadline was going to be a lot, but then whatever's been going on in Washington They're is also is a, yeah is a lot is a lot going on over there too. So I'm interested to get his thoughts on how that maybe affects this matchup. What is it going to be like when you know the Vikings are the first team to play the Commanders and missed all of these headlines? Yeah, and um, just from working with John a, a couple of years down there when I was in Washington and uh, being a part of you know some of the the storylines that that happened when I was there, it, it is very unique. And and I love the fact how how Ron Rivera has still got those guys to show up every single Sunday. So uh, John Kime, who talks to Ron a lot, Ron Rivera, the head coach for the Washington Commanders. Um, I think this is going to be a, a, a fun conversation with John, who knows a lot about this Washington Commanders team and a lot about Kirk Cousins. So uh, Vikings fans, do not turn the dial. We will be right back with more of the Minnesota Vikings podcast right after the break. Hey, Vikings fans. Right now, you can pick up a commemorative Vikings cup at U.S. Bank Stadium. Fill it with an ice cold Pepsi and you'll be ready for football watching. Spala Montage is the Twin Cities' premier salon and spa destination and proud official hair sponsor of the Minnesota Vikings cheerleaders. With three convenient locations in Edina, Woodbury, and Chanhassen, there's a Spalon close to you. Visit online at Spalon.com. Welcome back to the Minnesota Vikings podcast presented by Pepsi. My name is Gabe Henderson alongside Vikings.com's Tatum Everett and producer Eric Davison. And now joining us now on the show is... Uh, a good friend of mine, Mr. John Kine from ESPN, who uh, covers the Washington Commanders out in Ashburn. And uh, John, before we talk football, the the big elephant in the room, which is the most recent news coming out of Ashburn, is that Dan Snyder has announced that they are hiring Bank of America Securities to explore potential transactions uh, involving the team. What effect has that had in the building heading into Sunday's game? Well, as far as the players go, I mean, you were here. You know how this works. There's always something going on here. So they have gotten very good at getting used to all sorts of distractions. So, you know, it comes up. It comes up, you know, um, from the media. It comes up just when they might be looking at their phones. But they've become really good at just being focused on the game. So I don't think it's going to have any effect in that regard. 
it may juice the crowd a little bit because they'll be very happy. You may hear a lot of sell the team chants, but not with disgust, but with hope. And that, that could actually That's fair. help the, the, the players. But as far as their preparation, all that, I don't think it has much effect at all. And I will say, Gabe, you know how this works too. Yeah. There are going to be a lot of other people in that building who aren't sure about their futures beyond this, mm-hmm. but that's still a ways away because we don't know where this is going. We don't know if it's full or partial ownership at this point, what will happen, but that's a different side of the building. The players, I think they'll be okay. Yeah, and when you think about what the commanders have been able to do the last three games with the streak going, John, uh, what has led to this team believing in themselves the last few games and turning it around for the most part? Yeah, and I, I will say this. Before we, this is going to be a big test for them, and they know that. They know that they play Minnesota this week, Philadelphia next week, to see exactly where they're at. Because we, you know, this three-game winning streak, it's by a combined eight points. And they were, the Bears had the ball inside the five to try and win, inside the two and try and win the game, and couldn't. They, they got, you know, the, but then before that, Washington had the ball in the two-yard line against Tennessee and couldn't get it in. So it could have been a four-game streak. So where, I think where they have hope is that the defense is playing much better and not giving up as many explosive plays as they had been earlier in the year. The defensive line, John Allen, the tackles, John Allen, Deron Payne in particular, have been great. And so that's where they get their hope. And I think they, have, they feel like they have an improving back seven that will be t- tested this week because that's a good passing attack. With, with obviously some weapons there. So they're going to be tested. But I think that's where they get the hope. And then the last two games, I do think Taylor Heineke provided a spark with his ability to escape trouble. And that's one thing. He's not more talented than Carson Wentz, but his mobility has made a big difference behind a line that doesn't protect well. Yeah, and, and, he, and he seems like a winner also uh, for Vikings fans tuning in right now. This is uh, uh, the Minnesota Vikings podcast. We're talking to John Kime from ESPN. And, John, this this Taylor Heineke experience, um, Vikings fans somewhat loved him when he was here uh, as the backup quarterback here uh, before he got injured. But how would you describe that the experience right now down there in Ashburn? He brings energy. There's a lot of things, and it's funny because we've gotten to the point when I talk on my podcast, you know, just get to the point where it's like we know what he can't do. We know what he doesn't have. He doesn't have a big arm. He's not a big guy. When, when he walks to the locker room, he looks like a middle-aged dad going to the beach. <laughs> you know, so that's but, – but he's got a hold on these players. And sometimes it's just hard to explain. And I was talking about this uh, with their punter, Tressway, uh, very much last week. And, and the whole thing was he said he's got the it factor. And I said, well, when you watch him – on film, you want to go back and watch a game like on the coach's film where it basically takes out the emotion of the game. You don't hear the crowd. You just watch the play. You don't feel the presence as much as when you're there or when you're in the huddle or when you're on the sidelines. And he said that's the it factor. You can't explain it. So the players really gravitate toward him. Now, he's also someone when it, when it goes bad, he, he can look really bad because of all the flaws in his game. And the, But – when it's going well, he provides a spark. And what I also really like about him, you bring up – he's a competitor. When he throws a pick, he responds well on the next series. He did Against Green Bay, threw, throws a pick six, leads a touchdown drive in the next series. Against the Colts, throws an interception. His arm was hit, but it's still an interception. The next two series, field goal, and then touchdown. Yep. So – he really responds well, and I give him a lot of credit. And that's what players latch on to. You mentioned Tress Way. 
And I was actually going to ask you about this because I saw your tweet that said he's a key part of this streak. He was just named NFC Special Teams Player of the Month. And although we don't talk about this matchup very often, Ryan Wright versus Tress Way in this game is kind of interesting because both of these are some of the top punters, the younger punters, up-and-comers who are able to really pin the ball and and be intentional with their direction and, and where they put it. So, have you first of all, have you heard of Ryan Wright? Because I've had to ask that question before. And, and what do you see in the special teams battle? Well, I can, I, you know, I haven't studied Minnesota special teams, but I can tell you with Washington sure. that they have, and, and this week, it's been a little bit crazy because of this. So I, you know, my preparation for all this stuff is behind, but with the, with Washington and you brought up the ability to, to kick directionally and it's his ability to be very accurate with where he's going to punt the ball gives the gunners and others a lot of trust where they need to go and where they need to find the ball. And if some guys are kind of all over the place, I think it makes it hard to cover, but you'll see good coverage by the gunners because of that. So I think that makes a difference in, you know, it's funny because a lot of times, and these guys will talk about this too, a lot of times you get guys on special teams who don't always want to be there. I think with these guys, there's some, they have some young guys out there that this is where they can help. They're not ready to help from defense on, you know, from scrimmage and all that. So this is their chance to up, and they have a couple of veterans like a Jeremy Reeves, who's a backup safety, a David Mayo, who's a backup linebacker, who also relish their opportunities to be out there in this role because this is how they've made their career. So I think that helps, but it it always starts with the punter's ability to be precise with his direction and give him good hang time to get down there. And that's just right. Two, there have been two muff punts during the streak that led to points inside. They were, I think they were muff punts inside the 20, and they were key reasons why they've won two of these games. So that always helps. The other part of it is, too, Antonio Gibson is a kickoff returner. He, hasn't, he doesn't have unbelievable numbers, but he's better than what they had there before he put they, before they put him back there and he can go back there because they have Brian Robinson back and they like Gibson a lot as a kick returner. Yeah, that that's a really good point um special teams because this is uh two really good defenses and uh, you would expect a lot of punting, especially with two good defenses and offenses trying to find their way. And uh, understanding that, you you got two teams that uh, have two NFC players of the month, uh, two teams on on a winning streak, and then two teams with a quarterback playing their former teams. Uh, understanding that, John, how, how much would style points mean for the the victor of this game? Uh, and see, in the NFL, I don't think style points matter. And I know okay. for fans, they want to get excited by that. I think I think W's matter, and they've had three somewhat I don't want to say somewhat less aesthetically pleasing wins than than maybe fans would like. And I think in, in for I'll say this for Washington in this game style points do not matter because the Vikings are the better team. Maybe for Minnesota it would matter, but if you get I just think there's so many equal teams in the NFC that if you find ways to win, if you do little things well you end up winning and you end up seven and one like the Vikings would be if they won. So I'm not huge on that because as long as you keep winning, there you go. And I know some of it is, well, you want to see how good you really are and all that. And this is a game. Should you blow them out? And I think that's hard to do. So, you know, I, I just, I, I, especially for Washington style points do not matter. It's interesting. You bring up that point about how you feel Commanders fans feel because I know that there are several Vikings fans out there who also kind of feel like this team hasn't really played a clean, perfect game since week one where they came out and just were able to dominate in all three phases. 
Now, the offense has had its moments, and obviously it's led by Kirk Cousins, who Gabe had mentioned is going to be returning to Washington for the first time since he's left. What do you think the reception will be like, or has things really just changed since then, and it's kind of a thought in the back of their mind? Well, here's the problem with with FedEx. There's always a lot of visitor fans, so he's going to get a good reception by a decent member of the crowd. That so, and I think it'll. I don't know because I think people obviously have moved on. And the problem with for the Kirk Cousins departure is that they haven't filled the position since he left. You know, they've tried multiple ways and nothing has worked, whether because of injuries or your bad drafting, whatever. It hasn't worked, and so he's the last good quarterback they've had and the best quarterback they've had over a stretch for a long time. So that, you know, but I don't know, like there's so much focus on other things this week that his return is not a dominant topic. And for the players, there's only, I think three guys that played with them. You know, the front office is different. The coaching staff is different. I just, I don't know the fan reaction. It'll probably be mixed. I Mm -hmm. would say, because I think they realize that, this front office botched that thing and it wasn't all his fault. On the other hand, you know, everybody always wants the guy to stay in their place, but you know, but I, I think it'll be mixed at, uh, with the Washington fans. But again, there will be a decent number of Vikings fans. There. Understood. John, uh, last question before we let you go. We're talking to ESPN to John Kime, who covers the Washington Commanders. John, uh, what is one key stat that you will be watching on Sunday that could possibly be that the, that could be a, a huge factor in the outcome of Sunday's game? Third downs for this team. It almost always comes back to third down. And when they've had their offense going a little bit, it's, they're converting third downs, and they've done that better lately. So I think that will be a big key. And defensively, they've been really good on third downs all year. Will that continue? They haven't always faced really good, um, a really good quarterback, right? But, but I think offensively, the big key will be third downs. Can they control the ball? Um, are they converting? If they do that, then they'll be in the game. You got. He said that right. Both defenses are top ten in the NFL in third down defense. So uh, that is a really good stat to 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 be watching on Sunday. John, uh, always a pleasure talking to you. Looking forward to seeing you on Sunday. Good talking to you, Gabe. Thanks a lot for having me on, guys. That's John Kine from ESPN heading into Sunday's matchup against the Minnesota Vikings down in the nation's capital. Uh, Vikings fans, like John said, he doesn't expect many Washington Commanders fans to be there. So why don't you get on board and take the trip down to Washington, D.C. as the Minnesota Vikings look to go 7-1 and one after the win on Sunday in D.C. For Tatum Everett, John Kime, and Eric Davidson, my name is Gabe Henderson. Thank you again for tuning in to another edition of the Minnesota Vikings podcast presented by Pepsi. Pepsi, that's what I like. Ooh.